Well, hey everybody, it's Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. And I just want to start out this episode of our podcast by thanking you for listening to us. I know that a lot has been happening in the world around us and in our own lives over the last couple of weeks with the spread of the coronavirus and our social distancing efforts. And I just want to say what an honor it is that you invite us into your lives, that you listen to this podcast to help you as you're trying to make it through these difficult times. So this week and in the coming weeks, we want to continue to to bring to you sermons that will help you as you're trying to live out your faith where we are right now. And that's really what we're focused in on in this episode's sermon. We're talking about how we can live where we are right now. In the midst of the spread of the coronavirus, with our social distancing efforts, we want to talk about how we can be people of faith where we are right now. So let's get right into this episode sermon. So as we started into this live video today, we talked about the fact that we're now in the second week of our social distancing to try to stop the spread of the coronavirus. And right now, everything is still feeling a little bit weird. We're still trying to figure out exactly what our worship services and our ministry in Melbourne Heights is going to look like in the coming weeks. Um, and I do want to just encourage you again, we're, we're here live on Facebook right now and during the sermon, during any part of the service, you can use all of those Facebook features that you have. You can comment on what's happening. You can share this video. You can like or share other emojis along the way. And it's not the same as saying amen. It's a great point that I make somewhere along the way. But it's a way that you can interact and we'll interact back with you during this message. But right now we are trying to figure out what life looks like. And that's not just true for what's happening inside of the church. A lot of us are trying to figure out what life is looking like for us outside of the church too. We're worried about mundane, everyday things in our community, in our lives right now. We wonder about being able to go to the grocery store, make doctor's appointments or have our our hair cut right now. And then, yeah, of course, we're worried about what this means for our church. We don't know how long it's going to be before we're able to meet live and in person. And we wonder about what our ministries are going to be like during this entire time. Well, I want to spend our time together right now just talking about what we can continue to do as people of faith to live out our faith, to be the light of Jesus during this time. And as I think about what we're experiencing right now, there's one story that just automatically came to my mind this week. And this story takes place uh, with the people of Israel about 2,500 years ago. And in case you don't know what was going on in Israel about 2,500 years ago, it's, it's safe to say that they were facing an extremely difficult time. In 586 BC, the southern kingdom of Israel, the kingdom that we call Judah, was invaded and it was conquered by the Babylonian Empire. And let me just say, that is a huge understatement. Just saying that Israel was invaded and conquered by Babylon, it does not begin to do justice to what was happening there. As a matter of fact, if you really want to be able to appreciate just how difficult this time was for the people of Israel, I'd encourage you to spend some time reading the Book of Lamentations. Because the Book of Lamentations in the Old Testament, it was written by the prophet Jeremiah after he walked through the city streets and the alleyways of Jerusalem after the Babylonian Empire had conquered and invaded Jerusalem. And I just want to take a minute right now and share with you part of what Jeremiah wrote so that we can better appreciate how hard that time was for the people of Israel. In Lamentations chapter 2, starting in verse 5, Jeremiah says, records this. He says, My Lord has become like an enemy. He's devoured Israel. He devoured all of her palaces. He made ruins of her city walls. In daughter Judah, he multiplied mourning along with more mourning. 
He wrecked his own booth like a garden. He destroyed the place for festivals. The Lord made Zion forget both festival and Sabbath. In his fierce rage, he scorned both monarch and priest. My Lord has rejected his own altar. He's abandoned his sanctuary. He handed Zion's palace walls over to our enemies. Now, just from those couple of verses, I can't even begin to imagine how horrific the scenes were that Jeremiah saw as he walked through the city of Jerusalem. He describes the city of Jerusalem as looking like God had devoured it. Everything there was destroyed, including the most holy and sacred places in the entire city, the temple and the altar to God. And it's not just this destruction that is weighing on the people of Israel during this time. I mean, being invaded and conquered is bad enough, but it actually gets worse because on top of Babylon coming in and invading the nation of Israel, invading the kingdom of Judah, conquering it, and laying Jerusalem to waste, Babylon also takes thousands of the people of, of Israel into exile, essentially taking them as prisoners of war and spreading them out and dispersing them all through the Babylonian empire. And being in exile could have been easy. I mean, the truth of the matter is, that's how we've all kind of been feeling over the course of the last week or so. We've all been feeling like we've been living in our own version of an exile, where we're cooped up in our own houses, we can't get out to go get our hair cut or to go eat inside of a restaurant or things along those lines. Right now, we're feeling like we're in our own version of an exile. But for the people of Israel, they were literally dragged away from their homes. They were forced to live as strangers in a foreign land. They were drug away from their family and from their friends. And none of them knew if they would ever be able to go back home. And that's all the people of Israel wanted. They wanted to go back home. They wanted to escape their exile. They wanted to get back to normal. That's what we're all wanting right now, too. We all want to get back to life as normal. We want to be able to leave our homes when we want to leave our homes. We want to be able to go out to eat when we want to go out to eat. We want to be able to get our hair cut when we want to get our hair cut. We want to be able to go into work and be around our coworkers. We want to be able to come to church and shake hands and give hugs and high fives along the way. But just like the people of Israel, we don't know when or if we're going to be able to get back to normal. But in Jeremiah chapter 30 and 31, God promises the people of Israel that life is in fact going to get back to normal for them. So I just want you to hear what the Lord tells them. In Jeremiah chapter 30, starting in verse 2, this is what the Lord says. It says, The Lord, the God of Israel, proclaims, Write down in the scroll all the words that I have spoken to you. Because the time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will bring back my people Israel and my people Judah from their captivity, says the Lord. I will bring them home to the land that I gave to their ancestors, and they will possess it. Here are the words that the Lord spoke concerning Israel and Judah. He says, don't be afraid, my servant Jacob, declares the Lord. Don't lose hope, Israel. I will deliver you from these faraway places and your children from the land of their exile. My people Jacob will again be safe and sound with no one harassing them. And I am with you. I will rescue you, declares the Lord. I will put an end to all of the nations where I have scattered you. But I won't put an end to you. 
I have loved you with a love that lasts forever. And so with unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. Again, I will build you up and you will be rebuilt, O Israel. Again, you will play your tambourines and you're going to dance with joy. Again, you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria. Farmers will plant and then they will enjoy their harvests. The time's coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. I will put my instructions within them and engrave them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Did you hear everything that God promised in this passage in Jeremiah 30 and 31? God promises that he's going to give the people of Israel freedom from their captivity. He promises that he's going to bring them back to the land of their ancestors. He promises that he's going to keep them safe from all danger. He promises that they're once again going to be able to play tambourines and sing and dance out of joy. He promises them that they're going to have a time of prosperity and abundance. And above all, he promises that he's going to be with them and they're going to experience his love. I think God promises us the exact same thing. I think God has promised us that life is going to get back to normal for us at some point, too. At some point, we are going to be freed from our captivity of social distancing. At some point, we are going to be able to go back to the land of our ancestors and come back inside of this church that we've worshipped in for decades. At some point, we're going to be safe from all of the dangers of the coronavirus around us. At some point, we're going to be able to sing and dance with joy. At some point, we're going to enjoy prosperity and abundance again. But there's something else that God told the people of Israel that we need to hear too. I want you to hear what God told the people of Israel right before he made these promises that they would be able to get back to normal and go back home and return to their ordinary lives. Before God makes them this promise, this is what he tells them in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 4 through 7. The Lord of heavenly forces, the God of Israel, proclaims to the, all the exiles that I've carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. He says, build houses and settle down where you are now. Cultivate gardens and eat what they produce. Get married and have children while you're here. Then help your sons find wives and your daughters find husbands in order that, they, that you don't dwindle away. Promote the welfare of the city that you live in, where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because your future depends on its welfare. So God tells the people of Israel, before they're going to be able to get back to life as normal, before they're going to be freed from their captivity and able to go home, he tells them that they have to live where they are right now. They have to live where they are right now. They have to settle down inside of the Babylonian Empire. They need to build houses there. They need to cultivate gardens. They need to get married. And when they have kids, they need to raise their kids and then help their kids get married too. Well, we need to hear the same message today. Before we get to return to life as normal, before we're able to go back out into restaurants and eat like we want to, get haircuts when we want to, come in church and worship how we want to, we have to be able to live where we are right now. And we have to be able to live like God's people where we are right now. So that's what I want to spend the rest of our time talking about right now. I want to talk about how we can live like the people of God, even during our time of social distancing and self-quarantining. 
And right now, that doesn't seem like an easy thing to do. Because most of the time when we think about how we can live out our faith, we think about the face-to-face -face interactions that we can have with other people. But we can't have those right now. So how can we live where we are in this time of social distancing and still live out our faith? Well, there's a few things that I think we can do. And the first one that I want to talk about since we're live right now on Facebook is I want to talk about the way that we use social media. Because over the last couple of weeks, and especially over the last few days, as we've been spending more and more time in the social distancing, I've been seeing a lot of negative and hateful things that are coming out all across my social media feeds. I am seeing people that are criticizing and saying hurtful things about our leaders at the state level and at the national level. I'm seeing people that are making inappropriate jokes regarding the toilet paper shortage or our inability to get out and find groceries. I'm seeing people that are just posting things that are completely irrelevant, completely unnecessary, that aren't doing anybody any good. And like we talked about last week in this message, we as people of faith, as followers of Jesus, we're supposed to be different from that. We're supposed to live differently from that. So when it comes to your use of social, social media right now, I want to encourage you to think before you post. Think before you post, and I want to use that word think as an acronym, and it's an acronym that you have probably seen somewhere along the way about your usage of social media. The T inside of that think acronym stands for true. Before you post anything on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever other social media channels you use, make sure that it's true because there's a lot of misinformation that's out there right now. I can't tell you how many posts that I have seen that have been touting some sort of miracle cure or just silly mundane thing that we can do to stop the spread of the coronavirus. The truth is, posts like this are dangerous. In the nation of Iran, one of these posts came out that was telling people there that if they drank alcohol, that it would kill the coronavirus. Well, in the nation of Iran, alcohol is illegal. So you had people that were basically making bootleg liquor inside of their bathtubs or whatever else there. Folks drank this, and over 40 people died there because of this misinformation. So we need to make sure that the information that we're sharing on social media is true. And if you don't see it coming from the Centers for Disease Control or the World Health Organization or our governor office or even the president or even the White House you need to think before you share it because you may be doing irreparable harm to somebody else's life the H inside of that think acronym stands for helpful before you post anything you need to be thinking if what is what you're sharing is helpful and right now there are a lot of people whose lives are hurting this past week here at Melbourne Heights with the governor's order to shut down child care centers at the end of business this past Friday that affected a lot of people's lives. We had to close down our daycare and the employees there have been furloughed and laid off. Those people are hurting right now and there are thousands of other people just like them who have lost a job. We can find ways to post that can be helpful to people who are going through this tough time. We can share information with them about how to file for unemployment benefits, how they can uh, automatically start receiving Medicare or Medicaid while they're, while they're facing this time of unemployment. So we can find ways that we can post things that are helpful. There's also a lot of people that are going through some mental health issues right now with fear and anxiety and isolation just building up on top of them. There are posts out there that are telling us how we can continue on to try to maintain good mental health during this time. The I inside of the thinking acronym stands for inspiring. 
let's be honest, all of us can use a little bit of inspiration right now. From the first responders that we know, uh, with the police department, EMTs, firefighters, doctors, nurses, everybody in the medical field, to folks that are still out there on a daily basis, the, the, the people that are working for, for the post office delivering mail or Amazon, UPS, um, FedEx, that are out there on the front lines. But there's also plenty of parents right now that just need a whole lot of inspiration. Parents across the state and across the country have spent the last week having to homeschool their kids, and most of us weren't prepared for it. And we've found the last week to be difficult. I saw some posts out there that were kind of humorous on Facebook about it, saying I've been homeschooling for one hour and one of my students has already been expelled and the other one I'm trying to transfer their class. That's how parents are feeling right now, just overwhelmed by all of this. So anything that you can share that can be a little bit inspiring for them, a little bit encouraging, can be so helpful right now. The N inside of the acronym THINK stands for necessary. And this is a time where we as people can really be focused in on one thing. All of us are hurting right now because of the spread of the coronavirus. And all of us are hurting because of social distancing. So what we're sharing right now needs to be things that are necessary during this time to help us all make it through these difficult days. The K inside of this acronym thing stands for KIND. This specifically relates to a lot of the posts that I've seen out there about our representatives in Washington and in Frankfurt. And so many of them have just been downright nasty and hateful. That's not how we as people of faith are supposed to be. We're supposed to be a voice of kindness during this time and finding ways that we can love and support everyone. I've appreciated the way that our governor, Andy Bashir, has been talking about this in his news feeds uh, and, and conferences recently, where he's been talking about and saying flat out that right now we are not Democrats or Republicans. We are Kentuckians and we are supposed to be patriots. We're supposed to be looking out for one another right now, not trying to divide ourselves. So before you share, make sure that what you're posting is kind. So that's one thing that we can do right now. We can think before we post. We can make sure that everything that we're sharing on social media is true, helpful, inspiring, necessary, and kind. But that's not all that we can be doing right now. There are other things that we need to be doing to help people out during this difficult time that we're facing. Like right now in our church, we have a lot of uh, senior adults who are feeling especially isolated right now. They're maybe getting visits from some of their families a day or two each week. But other than that, they're feeling alone. And one thing that I would like to encourage all of you to do is to find ways to reach out and connect with one another, and especially the older members of our church. Pick up the phone. If you know somebody that you can email or text message, send them little messages. Don't be afraid to, to get a card and drop that in the mail for them either. Now is a time where we can connect one-on-one -on -one, even though we can't connect face-to-face. -face. So find ways this week that you can reach out to people inside of our church or inside of your own social network and just be encouraging to one another. Let everybody know that no one is in this alone. We are all in this together. We're all in this together. And the last thing that I wanna say is something that we already talked about at the very beginning of this video. And that's another way that we can be sharing our faith, living out our beliefs right now, is that we can try to find ways to help those who are truly less fortunate than we are. And right now, Melbourne Heights is partnering with the Cabbage Patch Settlement House. Cabbage Patch House works with over a thousand at-risk kids in our communities. And yeah, right now, they are closed down for community programs, but their food pantry continues to be open because there are a lot of parents, a lot of guardians, a lot of families right now 
that need help. They're may be unable to get their kids to one of the, the sites that they can pick up a meal from their schools. So these families need whatever support we can give to them. And an easy thing that we can do is when we are going out and we're grocery shopping and buying the necessities that we need, we can remember that other people have those exact same needs. So I want to encourage you that when you're out shopping at Kroger or Target or Walmart or Meijer, wherever it is that you go this week, pick up some pantry items and some personal hygiene items that you can bring by our church building and that we will give to the Cabbage Patch House so that they can help these families that are in need. So that's three things that we can do right now to continue to live out our faith. We can think before we post, we can reach out and try to take care of one another, and we can reach out and try to help those people who are in the greatest need right now. Because we're in this together and we don't know how long we're going to be in this period for. So we have to be able to live our lives where we are. We have to be able to live out our faith during this time. So do that. Do that. Think before you post. Look out for each other. Reach out to each other. And let's take care of those in our community that have the greatest needs right now. Let's pray together. God, as we reach the end of this message this morning, you know that this is still an unusual situation and circumstance that we are finding ourselves in. It's still a little bit weird to be watching church and participating in church from our living rooms and bedrooms and other places inside of our house instead of being present in the pews inside of this building. And God, we're struggling because we don't know how long this is going to go on for. And that's why we just cling to these promises that we've heard that you made to the people of Israel in the book of Jeremiah, promising that life will eventually get back to normal, but also encouraging us and telling us that we have to be able to live out our faith where we are right now. So God, help every single one of us, everybody that can hear my voice, everybody that's watching this video, whether it's live or a playback somewhere down the road, help all of us to live out our faith right now to reach out, to help one another, to think before we post things on social media, and to take care of the most vulnerable inside of our community right now. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in just a second, I'm going to turn it back over to, to Leslie and the rest of our praise band. Um, and we're, they're going to lead us in one more song. And again, I encourage you, wherever you're at right now, you can sing along with them. Or you can just listen to the words that they sing. And this is always the point inside of our service where I let folks know that we're going to be receiving our offering. And yeah, we're still going to give you the chance to do that, even though we can't pass collection plates to you right now. Because, like I said, just because we can't meet in person, that doesn't mean that our church isn't doing ministry and we need your support to continue to do all of the ministry that we want to be able to do so you can give to us uh, online and since you're watching this video right now either on Facebook live or our website I know that you can get online to do this and all you have to do is go to our website mhbclouisville.com slash give that'll take you straight into the form all you have to do is is fill out that form uh, that's on there and you will give a give to us electronically um, so remember that and I encourage you to do that right now even as we're getting ready uh, to just be led in this closing song so let me turn it over to Leslie and the rest of the praise band and let's worship God through song together one more time Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for listening to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has helped you to think about how we can live out our faith right now where we are. Because you can. 
You can live out your faith where you are, even with everything going on with the spread of the coronavirus and social distancing. We can still live out our faith and share the good news of Jesus. And we can do that in the practical ways like I talked about in this episode's sermon, by thinking before we post, by reaching out to those in our social network and just staying in touch with them so that we know we're not in this alone, and by helping out those who are most in need in the world around us. But there's plenty more that you can do. And I just want to encourage you, no matter where you're at in your life right now, to find ways that you can live out your faith for the world to see. Now, we're going to be back here next Sunday with another brand new podcast, and I encourage you to tune in there. As always, I'll just remind you, if you subscribe to this podcast, it'll be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And again, I just want to thank you for inviting us into your life and allowing us to minister to you during this difficult time. I will be praying for you guys this week, and I can't wait to be back here with you next Sunday for another sermon podcast.